Hey guys, welcome to the After Church Podcast, where we take what we hear on Sunday and apply it to our lives on Monday. This week, we're talking about Romans 9 through 11. This is a big, beefy, and controversial uh, section of Scripture. We're going to get into some of that uh, as much as we possibly can, but we also want to try to get to the life application part of it. You'll hear it all throughout. Today, I'm going to be joined by Gary Thompson from the South Campus and Kurt Petersheim from the East Campus, and we are going to talk about even what's going on today in Israel. So you don't want to miss it. Let's get to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been Are a minute. Are we actually doing it right now? We're doing it right now. Is it's, it filming? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you ready, Jacob? Yep, we're good. It's been a minute. We're going. It has been a minute since it's we've done this. We Many minutes. We paused uh, Romans 8. Back in May. Good place to end. In the hall. <laughs> <laughs> that was in May. Yeah. That was like Mother's Day. Yeah. Did. And I'm, I, man, I'm excited. I really am excited to have this yeah. conversation about Romans 9 through 11. Um, Partly because I can't wait to hear your guys' perspective on Romans <laughs> 9 through 11. It's not something that we yeah. sit around at the water cooler and talk about, you know. Uh, but you, you look like you're about to No, say I was going to say, what's funny about that is that <laughs> yesterday, in preparation for this, Stephanie and Cameron and I were sitting around the table in the, at South Campus. <laughs> yeah talking about it because i was nervous about it you know because oh, yeah. it's, it's a big deal yeah i think it's cameron moore's favorite conversation it is in the it whole is world. and stephanie and one of my you yeah know, it's, it was me and me and cam sat down last yeah. week and just read through these chapters together just talked about it it was fun so yeah kind of we do that here which is makes us weird i guess yeah I, I thought the same thing when i said <laughs> yeah. that like, we, they have nothing else but to it's do probably not normal uh water cooler right. conversation yeah no, no usually they're talking about the braves in the world series or, or not, not in the world series or not um, but yeah, like you have such huge topics in in nine through eleven, and and we'll we'll we're gonna really hopefully you've watched the sermons. You're either at church or you're watching the sermons now, or if you haven't watched the sermons, definitely go back and watch the sermons right. before you watch the after church podcast because this yeah. is really just going to be supplemental yeah. uh, stuff stuff we didn't get to in. Uh, in the sermons, but we have huge topics. And even just read through the chapters. <laughs> right. Yes, if you right. haven't done that. Uh, yeah. and so we have huge, huge topics like the yeah. election, uh, the sovereignty of God. Yeah. How does that fit in with the responsibility of man? Um, God's wrath and his mercy. The, the problem with Israel's, at least as Paul is writing it, Israel's unbelief. Like here, right. here is the, the Christ has come to, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, but yet a lot of the Jews weren't believing, and like, right. what do we do with that? Yep. That's that's got to bring some some questions up. Um, chapter ten, we're going to talk about salvation is for everyone, and who who is everyone? Who is the all in yep. there? And then Israel's rejection in chapter eleven, um, the salvation of the Gentiles, and then the you know maybe the toughest of all of it is then uh, when we get to the end of chapter eleven. Paul writes that uh, all Israel will be yep. saved. And then, oh my goodness, we can talk about that in a little bit. Like, yeah. who who is all? Who is Israel? And what about the ethnic Jews? And what do we do there? And what do we think there? And yeah. I I can't help but think, um, even as we're recording this, the tragedy that that yeah. has happened yes. in uh, the nation, the state yeah, of Israel. I about the timing of all this, yes, unbelievable, right. really, for us to um, to be going through this right now um, with what's happened in Israel. Of course, and our our thoughts and prayers are with the people yeah. of Israel, um, and. Uh, and we know that that's that's God's chosen people. We'll we'll hopefully get into that in just a minute. Um, but just as a as a nation, as America as a nation, mm-hmm. uh, we've always supported Israel. We want to be on the side of of, of Israel as believers. Um, we understand that we have the same Father God, uh, and our heart is that. And what we think, yeah. at least what Paul seems to be indicating, is that and there's something in the future for Israel, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, right. some sal- salvation to yeah. To those people, and so have to be I want to. I want to go on to and just even all the suffering in Palestine. Not not just. I know you aren't just emphasizing Israel, yeah, but absolutely. I just want to be clear that right. um, we are we are saddened by all of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just praying for peace. Yes. in all of that. Yeah. yeah, we we certainly denounce any sort of terrorism ever. That's right. terrible. Right. There's never yes. a good reason to have right. terrorism. Uh, innocent yeah. people, children, things like that. But I totally agree that. War is is nasty, yes. Yes. Uh, and both sides lose in in, right. in war, and so there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on. There's and you know there's a lot of Christians in in, in, exactly. Ga- in Gaza and yes. in the Palestine, um, and so we pray for all for, those people. Yeah, and for Muslims to be yeah. saved yes. oh, as yeah. well as Jews, like right. everybody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus. That that's our prayer. That's our heart. Um, I think we 
I know I can f- even forget about that. I mean, we, we all get focused on our, our world, our, our, our issues right here at right. home and, and all those things. Um, but just to remember, and I would encourage the church, you know, to remember all those around the world, regardless, uh, you know, who don't know the Lord, but mm. especially our Jewish brothers and sisters, so to speak, and Muslims who, mm. man, they're one of the largest people groups in the world. Yes. And we want them to know Jesus. I mean, yeah. we really, they're not our enemies mm-hmm. in the sense of the kingdom. I mean, we right. want them to know Christ and so yeah. praying for them as well. Right. Man, well, I, and just to get started again, just the the irony, or not the irony, but the, just the the timing of it all. I want to start with the end of Rome, Romans eleven, if yeah, I could, yeah. and just read this great doxology. Uh, yeah. As we go through nine through eleven and discuss some of the, the those difficult topics, the way in which it climaxes at the end with with Paul and Paul's. You know, he. This is kind of one of his things. I mean, when he starts getting, he starts writing as he's inspired by the Spirit. He starts writing all this stuff yeah. about um, theology and doctrinal things, and then he just ends with, "It should lead you to this." He this can't help himself. Worship in yeah. eleven thirty three. Just to the end, he goes, "And oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and how unscrutable His ways! Mm-hmm. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been His counselor, or who has given a gift to Him to receive a gift in return?" For from him and through him and to him are all things, all meaning all things there, all things. And so to him be the glory forever. Amen. And I just love that, man. To him be the glory. Whatever we discuss today, whatever's going on in the world today, um, no surprise to our our God. Mm -mm. And to him be all glory forever and ever. Amen. Yep. All right. Well. How did we get here? How, how did we get from eight? Get, are you going to jump in? Yes, I was going to jump in. What I used to have to get there. What I love about nine is that Paul anticipates the question. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. I, I just love that. I love, yeah. like, a, you know, and it's a small thing, but I love a guy yeah. who already anticipates the arguments that, that's coming. Yeah. And I was thinking about that earlier today, too. Just Romans is such a, it's filled with questions. Right. We right. just did questions Jesus yes, asked. Yes. This is almost Paul, questions right. Paul asks or is anticipating that maybe a Jewish person would ask or a, a disbelieving person might ask or just a skeptic might mm-hmm. ask. A lot of questions, which is brilliant. And he right. has yes. a way of just walking through that. Yeah. And so if, he, if he's speaking to, uh, this is a letter. Mm-hmm. So if the letter is, is going into the church at Rome, which consists of both Jews and Gentiles. And a lot of the people then in the church, would have heard, you know, there weren't chapters, but the first part of the letter yeah. all the way through chapter eight, and you, this huge crescendo, right? Yeah. There's right. nothing can separate us from the love right. of Christ, isn't it? And, but then the people in the room have to be going, well, wait a minute. Hold on. There's a lot of Jews that don't believe yeah. this. Right. Yeah. So what gives? Right? Are they not? the? Because, okay, chapter eight is a lot about who are the children of God, right? We're filled with the Spirit and mm. come to faith in Jesus. We're the children of God. Well, why are the ethnic... Israelite children of God, mm-hmm. who God chose, Paul, uh, chasing you around the Mediterranean, trying to kill you, right. you know, for saying things like this. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what happened to them? What's mm-hmm. going on there? Are they not the children of God anymore? God said they were. Mm-hmm. Now they're not, so I'm confused, right? That's sort of right. the, the tension. That Paul and I think up. anytime you hear something like that, you're, 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 well, what about me? What about us? You know, and I just think Paul's, I just love that he's already anticipating where this is going, and he's got a great argument, and and a, you know, I know led by the Holy Spirit, but I, I don't know. I just, it's to me, like you use the word brilliant. It really is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. writing here. Mm-hmm. Paul, is, I think we we must remember the, man, gosh, how how sovereign God is in choosing Paul to mm-hmm. be this guy, right? To write to one to go to the Gentiles, be the missionary to the Gentiles, um, but then to write most of the books of the New Testament and be able to so well articulate mm-hmm. an argument in Romans and Ephesians and Corinthians. Uh, the arguments that need to be made to uplift the gospel and edify the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he is. He's just he's a genius, mm-hmm. right? You know, in the way that and, and yes, through the Holy Spirit, of course, um, that he's able to to lay these things out. So, and if we hear uh, right at the beginning of of uh, chapter nine, um, after he's given that that huge, beautiful, you know, you you've encouraged everyone to to memorize all of chapter eight. It's just so encouraging and so yeah, uplifting. For sure. Um, but then he turns and says, you know. My heart breaks. Yeah, like my heart breaks for my people. These were these are his people. He right. was, yep. is an ethnic Jew. He grew up this way. Yep. I mean, uh, probably a Pharisee. Even like he he yeah. he had all the credentials. Right. And you're talking about a zeal. 
Like he had a calls himself for God. Philippians three and an Israelite of Israelites, you know, of the mm-hmm. tribe. Like he is right in the midst of this, mm-hmm. and he's as much a Jew as you could be in mm-hmm. his own heart. Right, has anguish over that for his people. Yeah, and yeah. and to the point where he says, I, "I wish I could, I would trade places." Like if, if yes, that's crazy. Yeah, when I when you read that, yes, just how how burdened he is by them, mm-hmm. and that he would say, "I would rather be lost than them." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I like uh, my first thought when I read something like that is, do I have any sort of do I have an inkling of that yeah, kind of burden? I the same thing for anybody the in the lost. world like that. Yeah, you know, because would I trade? Pla- I don't want to trade places. Like I want to get that crown. Yeah. And, sit yeah. on the and maybe and there's a hyper hyperbole there, sure. but but certainly, I think that's a great point. I mean, mm. do we feel that burden? The level of that. Or, I mean, Jesus did too. He wept over Jerusalem, yeah. mm-hmm. right? In Luke 19, he's like looking at Jerusalem, just going, man, I, I'm weeping over these people. And, mm-hmm. and Paul weeping over his people going, man, I want you to come and see it. And, and he Lord. experienced firsthand their rejection. You yeah. know, you, you mentioned a little bit yeah. that to the point that they were even trying to kill him. But just, you, you imagine him just preaching and being rejected. We, we worry about telling somebody about Christ one time and being rejected. Like that is his constant with with the jewish people rejection 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 yeah. rejection and just yeah. uh, breaking his heart because uh, he does love him and he sees the whole picture of god i i, I don't know because i'm not him how much he saw but he he's putting the pieces together here oh, yeah. and and realizing that this is not good and and, and, Paul, and he was called to the gentiles but right. we and man as you read the book of acts what do you see him doing again and again and again like you're saying here he goes to the jews first. he just right. can't help yes, himself right. like i got to talk to my people mm-hmm. about he goes to the synagogues he argues and he reasons and he tries mm-hmm. and they always reject yes and then he goes to the gentiles and they believe and it was just like it had to both make him rejoice, which it did, because the Gentiles were coming to faith, and some Jews every now and then, but by and large. Yeah, I got this guy I'm, I'm sharing, been sharing my faith with for a while, and he he is he is in, in a very nice, it's great. He's he's my friend, but in a consistent way rejected yeah. the gospel. And man, it bothers me. And I think about Paul like that. That's one. I think that is one person in my life, and I think about him. Yeah, you know, just. Over and over again, probably a lot of his friends, you, you know, that he grew up like, like they they went through Judaism together, family members, yeah. just that we have no idea. Just when he came to Christ, that basically considered uh, a heretic. Uh, oh yeah, uh, and and just him sharing the gospel and being rejected, just uh, mm-hmm. the way he starts that off, I, and saying just how much it bothers him. I I, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm there like him, but I can feel it in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was, I mean, he was killing these people. Yes. yes. Right. So they're already, wait a minute. <laughs> Who are you again? What? I don't even want to talk to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you might kill me. He's like, no, no, no. Christ is the answer. Wait, what? That's exactly opposite of what you were saying before. <laughs> right, right. Right. And you were killing In me. In every way. Yeah. But yet some believed. Yeah. And who are those that believed? Ooh. Who are those that believed? Um, if, if it's all of, all right. So verse six. We get to the, it's not as though, 9-6, uh, it's mm-hmm. not as though the Word of God had failed, right? That's the question. Right. Mm-hmm. If if this is meant for God's people, Israel, then why are they not all believing? All right, yeah. so for not all Israelites truly, and then we get this explanation. Yeah. For not all Israelites truly belong to Israel, and mm-hmm. not all of Abraham's children are his true descendants. Yeah. And then he goes on to explain that. You, you just, Someone summarize that, like what's happening, what's, yeah. he, what's so, he arguing? Again, so to... Crescendo with chapter 8, children of God, this awesome promise that God's made to all his people, all his children. But, okay, but it seems like the Jews, who were the children of promise, have not received that. And so is God a liar, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like he might be because he seems like he lied to the Jews. So Paul's making that argument, and he, like you just said in, in verse 6, it is not as though God's word has failed because, here's why, he says, not all, my, my version says, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. So it's sort of this... This uh, tension of an, uh, the argument he's laying out is there is ethnic descent from Abraham, Israel, um, but even Jesus told them like you're you're not the children of Abraham, you're not the sons, you're descendants from him, but you're not his sons. Um, and so Paul's kind of fleshing that out to say there are those who are yes ethnically descended from Abraham, but not all of them are the covenant people of God who receive the promises. Um, and and so that would be through everything he's already laid out in Romans chapter one through eight. Mm-hmm. How, how do we receive righteousness? How do we become children of God? Mm-hmm. Faith, right? Mm-hmm. Faith in now Jesus Christ, the new covenant through faith in him. It was always by faith to mm-hmm. Abraham. Um, Abraham was the the the, um, the kind of the original guy that we see as the example of 
faith, right? Romans 4, um, he lays that out. And so he goes on and says, um, nor because they are his descendants. Again, not, not about descendancy are they Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac, he says, that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the natural children who are God's children, but it is the children of promise. Promise is a key word throughout mm-hmm. this entire section. Yeah, and that's where I think yeah. we get kind of he's, he wraps up the children language from yeah. from 8, the argument in 8 about the children, mm-hmm. who are the children of God, to then here he's saying, and this is exactly who they are. They aren't just the people who have the Physically DNA. descended. Right. right. They are the right. people of promise, those promise. who have believed, yeah. Yeah. had faith. And that does get us to then the the, the difficult part in 11, mm-hmm. uh, 9, 11, mm-hmm. uh, even before they had been born. So now he's talking about those actual the children. Jacob and Esau. Right. Who were twins. Mm-hmm. So that God's purpose of election, um, so God's free choice might continue, not by works, mm-hmm. but by his call. Uh, and then she, uh, Sarah, I think, is, was told, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca. Rebecca was Rebecca, told, yeah. the elder shall serve the younger, as is written in this difficult phrase here, mm-hmm. I have loved Jacob. This is what God is apparently speaking. I have loved Jacob, but mm-hmm. I have hated Esau. Um, yeah. And that's going to create another set of questions. First of all, let's just wrestle with that for a minute. Yeah. To to God to love one and hate the other. Um any, any thoughts there? I mean what what it's hard to swallow in some ways. Um I think when you read not I don't not I don't think I know when you read the scripture you see there's times that God did he did choose. He did choose and um one of the things that Kurt wrote when we were going over this message talking about that you know, it's God's prerogative to choose because it's his promise. He gets to choose. And it's funny is that I'm going to use an analogy that we probably don't want to hear. Like we use the phrase, my body, my choice. Mm-hmm. And we use it for you know, people yeah. uh, who are um, the pro-life issue. But also when we did the uh, the vaccine, if you remember, it was like mm-hmm. it came out, it's my body, yeah. my choice. So we know what it's like yeah. to, to feel like, hey, I have this prerogative. Well, we feel like we have that prerogative, but he does have the prerogative because mm-hmm. he's God. It is his promise. Yeah. It is his choice. Uh, the 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 part that's hard is when you, he uses the word hate, right? It, it, yeah. it, that's the part that's hard. Like, I don't have a yeah. problem with God choosing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it really doesn't matter if I have a problem anyway, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll actually get to that question. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. when he, when the, you know, that word yeah. I hate, and I just wonder if that's just like a strong play on word, because the truth is, when you read the scripture, God did kind of take care of Esau too. And, and, yeah. and... Didn't I don't know reject maybe a better word than hate, but the word is then there is hate. So I don't know. Yeah, I think reject um, definitely is within the context right. of what's going on. And we need to remember um, this is a quote from Malachi, right? Actually, right. Um, and uh, and in there and in and I believe here when he's saying Jacob and Esau, I do think right here he is talking um, as an illustration of those two because mm-hmm. who are actual individual human being twins, mm-hmm. but. They were also representatives of nations, mm-hmm. right? Jacob being then Israel. Jacob actually becomes named Israel, mm-hmm. um, if you don't know this. And um, what is it, Genesis 36, 38? Anyway, um, In Genesis, he, yes. he gets named, he gets renamed right. um, Israel as after he wrestles mm-hmm. with the Lord. And so he is representative of the nation of Israel. So Jacob, in that sense, I have loved Israel. I have chosen, you could say. Um, and Esau being representative of the nation of then Edom, which... Um, means red, which Esau was redheaded. It's kind of funny, but um, he becomes the kind of the father of the nation of Edom. Edom and Israel were always at odds with right. one another. Right? Were and do what? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe are, continually, are, right? Yeah, have <laughs> always been yeah. at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. And um, so, in that sense of even because this is a big tension of this entire section anyway of the individual versus the national mm-hmm. and right. the corporate. Like, what is he talking about? Is it both? Is it one or the other? I think. Uh, both here mm-hmm. um to me so it's it is jake Esau, but it's also israel and edom and so saying the the people of israel are my people i have right. chosen them right not the edomites not as esau and his descendants right. not ishmael either right um which again talking about even today yeah. the, the, the ishmaelites would be the the muslims today would descended mm-hmm. from ishmael mm-hmm. who were not the children of promise it was uh isaac Right. right. So God promised that. So it's all about man. God made. God has made His promise, and like you said, Gary, my promise, my choice as to how I will ratify that promise and mm-hmm. to whom it will be given. So, mm-hmm. and I think we, um, when we hear love and hate too, and this is probably what you're talking about, yeah. is if, if those are like emotional words right. for us, mm-hmm. and it's maybe 
when we think about God, it, sometimes we'd like to think of that of being an emotional feeling, but I'm not sure it's an emotional feeling here. Sure. I do like the translation you were kind of saying. It's either like maybe it's God accepted or chose or mm-hmm. God rejected. Right. Turned um, away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and as he says, though, it's before they did anything. Yes. Right. And that's the part maybe that's a little right. tough to, yeah. to swallow. We talk about the sovereignty of God, his ability to elect or to choose. And it, he's the creator. Yeah. He right. really does have yeah. that, that right. ability. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that, uh, well, I don't know. We, we J- Jacob and Esau were the perfect illustration of this. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, I don't want to like over, um, I don't, know, I don't know what the word would be, but that, that's a real story from Genesis, right? These two mm-hmm. twins yeah. are really born, and they're born, it actually says, Jacob is holding his heel. Like, Esau comes out first, but Jacob's even, like, so they're literally born at the same time. Like, as if uh, God was always kind of setting the stage for Paul to be able to use this as mm-hmm. an illustration to say, because he says this, because of God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, because... These two are like literally they they were born at the same time. They came out. There was no argument to be made that one deserved mm-hmm. anything over the other. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's just saying, God just made a choice. Like yeah. it would be through Jacob. It would not be through Esau. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it too is when we start talking about choice, like as a dad, mm-hmm. my kids are not older. I don't choose for them anymore. But when they're younger, mm-hmm. I chose for them. Mm-hmm. And I, and sometimes they would buck up and and I would say the old line was. <laughs> I'm your dad, and I say so. And they yeah. loved when I said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all that. love it. That's the best. And the the thing about when we come to somebody choosing and somebody making choices, and, and there's this thought, well, what if he's wrong? Right. And because as a dad, I've been wrong and had to go back and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But God, God's never wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when he chooses his, what's hard for us to wrap our brain around is he's right. And we're going to get to that, I know, at the end and, and talk about just that he's never wrong. He always chooses right. He chooses uh, out of love, um, not emotional love, but unconditional love, and and for his glory. And and those things are hard for us as finite beings to wrap our brains around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that's where it has to, and as we read all of the Bible for sure, but especially chapters like this to, man, we have to set our hearts and minds on with humility Yes, on these things. To, right. right, exactly what you're saying, just to go, God, I... If I'm going to trust you, I'm going to trust you all the way. Right. And trust that even these hard things in Scripture that seem difficult. Very, very difficult. And I'm going to go, man, God, I I believe you are right. Yeah. And, and it's hard for, sometimes for me to swallow personally. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with when I read that. Like, yeah. my flesh struggles with that statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it, it can't because it seems it does seem like, man, that, that seems unfair. Yeah. Mm. And just... Uh, like any honest person yeah, would say that yes. when they read it. And it seems unfair but then I have to decide, am I going to trust God in this? You know, am I, am I going to trust the same God who saved me? Am I going to trust him in this, in the places in my life where I don't understand? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's great. And I think, uh, again, Paul being brilliant, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he knows that question's coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so in 4, 9, 14, he says, then, then what are we to say? Is there injustice? Is yes. there injustice on God's part? Um, and I think we'll, yeah. we'll go quickly through here just to say, no, there's there's no injustice. Um, I was reading a uh quasi-commentary. I don't remember who it was from now, maybe Tim Keller. And it was talking about uh, this story where this uh, benevolent, uh, rich woman in New York City, uh, she was going into a inner city school mm-hmm. and she was going to adopt, in a sense, uh, five kids and just provide for their college, like get them everything they need, clothes and all this stuff. But there's a thousand kids in the school. Yeah. And so she went in and it wasn't, she was like, I'm, I'm going to take these five. And then she provided everything. And, and some of the outcry was, what an injustice to those 995 other kids. Right. It was like, wait a minute, where's the injustice? Yeah. Right. The, the, if she had never done anything. She didn't have to do anything, right? Like she, But she chose yeah. out of her benevolence. Right. And it's kind of, the, to me, the story of the parable of the workers where one guy works all day and guy works half day, one guy works 30, a part of the day, and the guy comes in the last second and he gets the same wage as everybody else. And Jesus is talking about salvation and, and the guy says, it's not fair. And Jesus is like, it is fair. I, I mean, told you what I was going to pay that's you. That's right. That's right. It right. is. And so it's kind of like that yeah. when, when, you know, cause mm-hmm. we, we struggle with stuff like that. And, and our, but the truth is there, uh, that is a great analogy of choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would, yeah, that's where I come to always with this for us as we read these things to just let, like continue to pray for humility right. as we read these things. I just want to keep lifting that up because our flesh will rage against certain things sometimes, right. mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to, Oh, like, 
God, he's talking about God choosing something over, you know, Jacob and Esau and whatever. And like your like our sinful nature and our flesh wants to go, no, that's not right. That's unjust or whatever. And mm-hmm. just like those 995 would right. rage against that, but to go, why is that unjust? Mm-hmm. You know, and again, Paul has made the argument. We we can't rem- we can't forget. He's already written eight chapters mm-hmm. to let us know what does anyone deserve from right. God? Yeah. Right. Absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. Except for justice and wrath. Right. Mm-hmm. The question is, yeah. or the better question would be, well, you know, why does he save anybody? Why is right. he not? A, not why doesn't he save everybody? Right. Why right. does he save right. anybody? Yeah. That's not. That's. It's just mercy, and he lifts that up again and again in this section. Of, mm-hmm. It is God's mm-hmm. grace. It is God's mercy. Yeah. So, the, so the following question then: if if, if yeah. it's not if he's not being uh, showing injustice, and he's kind of already mm-hmm. made some elective choices of his own, yeah, then you know, of course, Paul anticipating the question again in nine nineteen. Mm-hmm. Well, then, why does he still find fault? Like, who could resist his will then? If yeah. if you don't get a, if you're not elect, you don't get a choice at it. You know what? What then? How do we find fault? And he says, he uses the like almost like shuts the conversation down <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like who is the potter? Yeah, I mean the 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 clay to say to right. the potter, you made me like. Why did you make me for this yeah. kind of use? Yeah, it's like um, it reminds me of Job and those kind of arguments of mm-hmm. you know some of his feelings of injustice. Yeah, and as Paul kind of lifts up these questions, um, like it's easy for us to read it in such a way as to think like the person who would be asking that in verse 19 is this innocent human being. <clears throat> right, yeah. When again, Paul has already declared Romans 1 through 3, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There is no innocent human being. So these people would be, I think what he's getting at would be to say, why does God blame us? Blame us for what? For my sin, right? And so it's really people kind of going, I should then be justified in my sin. Right? Like, what are they wanting to know? They're wanting to know, oh, can I actually have a way out of accountability? Can I actually have a way out to go, oh, I can live how I want because I I can't be blamed for this. God, you know, made his choice and I'm just following along by this like fatalistic viewpoint, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is Paul's point, Mm -hmm. uh, that there's this fatalistic viewpoint of things. Um, But again, I think we always want to just kind of default to this place of going, oh, there are innocent human beings who really, really want to follow God in his will, but God just won't let them, mm-hmm. right? Versus Paul's already made the argument, no, there's not. There, there's no one who naturally just desires to follow God and follow the things of God. There's mm-hmm. only people who are against him, who have rejected, who have traded in, Romans 1, his, his glory for images, his truth for lies, mm-hmm. his knowledge for ignorance, all those things. Yeah, and again, it's very similar to what you said, Kurt, that we see it in a finite mm-hmm. realm. Right. We see time... In circumstances, situations, in minutes, hours, days, God sees it all at once, all at once. and he and he's not he's never wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, that's how we have to shape our mind yeah. uh, when we read stuff like that. And because because immediately we want to go to yeah, well, what about this? What about that? What about thinking that he doesn't know that, that he hasn't seen it? Yeah. That you know that, that like you said, that there is this person who is really innocent, and they're gonna they're gonna be treated unjust. God can't do that. He right. can't be unjust. Right. Yeah. yeah, we we all receive from the Lord one of two things: justice or mercy. Right. Never injustice. Right. It's never happened. You know? right. So that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and so Paul, being that um, born into Judaism, mm-hmm. uh, following the law, striving for his own righteousness, um, he has to answer this question. Then, what what happens with Israel's unbelief? Yeah. Um, and so now let's let's kind of transition from the end of nine into ten, yeah. Where and and, and some commentators and whether or not you want to use this uh, breakdown or not, some some would say kind of uh, chapter nine is Israel in the past, uh, chapter ten might be Israel in the present as it's being written, and then chapter eleven as we get there will be Israel in the in the future. Um, a lot of people break it down kind of like that, so that might help that, yeah. us understand as we go from nine thirty into mm-hmm. ten. Uh, dealing with Israel's unbelief. So what what are we to say? Again, Paul asking these questions in verse 30, what do we say? Gentiles who did not strive for righteousness, because that's what the Jews were doing, right? They had mm-hmm. the law, they were striving for righteousness. They've now attained it. These these Gentiles have attained it. Yeah. Um, that is righteousness through faith. But Israel who did not strive for the righteousness that is based, honestly, who did strive for the righteousness that's based on the law, mm-hmm. did not succeed in fulfilling that law. Why not? Because they were striving for it on the basis of they were not striving for it on the basis of faith. 
but as if it were based on works. Yeah. And then he uses this analogy um, of Jesus being the stumbling block. Yeah. Uh, and either Jesus is the stone in which we found our lives on, yeah. or he's the rock in which yeah. we trip over mm-hmm. and stumble. Well, Isaiah said in 28, right. that's Isaiah 28, and they're just going, this is, like, God always made this clear, this would happen. So mm-hmm. I'm going to lay a stone in Zion, Jesus is right. the fulfillment of that. All throughout the New Testament, that scripture's used. And the Jews have tripped over it. Mm-hmm. They stumble because they just refuse, have refused to this point to accept him as Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now, a part we didn't we didn't cover, and I'm not sure if you guys hit it in the message, but the hardening, hardening of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, he does use the mm-hmm. kind of Pharaoh analogy. How much you know work is that of God hardening, and how much of that is maybe Romans one us being turned over to our own sins. Yeah. I, I see it as both and, you know, that, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah the, you know, and when he talks about the hardening there, um, you know, from my own experience that I can harden myself to sin by not repenting and it just becomes, you know, and just become hard to areas of, of, of that I needed to heed his call to, to start uh, repenting of. Yeah. And so I see that, but I also see that, you know, God does some hardening as well yeah. that he uses situations, circumstances for his glory. And sometimes that is the hardening of someone, but, but it, it is to know where God's part is and where our part is and where that line is. That's the tough part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, and probably not our part. To, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Exodus where Pharaoh is, cause he's making that, that reference mm-hmm. there. Um, you, you know, know, what we see in that story is yeah, Pharaoh is hard hearted. And then God hardened his heart. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it's like this both and it is, it's very much yes. It's like many God, opportunities for Pharaoh yeah. to say, okay, I give here. So yes. The way I say it, the way I would say it is God hardens hard hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like there again, back to Romans 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as an innocent person. No one going, ooh, I really, really want to follow Jesus. And then God's like, nope, won't let you. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's just no one wants to. Right. So then God has chosen to go, okay. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. You've chosen to be hardened. I'm going to harden you. Yeah. You know, it's the best way I can understand it. You know, mm-hmm. he hardens hard hearts. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's tough. And that's kind of the, the, the gist of 10, mm-hmm. um, that, the, the, as Paul's writing this, the, the Jewish people are not, it doesn't appear that they're coming to faith in the numbers right. in which it, you might would think yeah. And Paul being one of those, right? So Paul right. being that Jewish person, yeah is an example of mm-hmm. the fact that God has not forgot his promises yeah. to Israel. Because many have, and we even see in Pentecost, right? Mm-hmm. 3,000. Those are Jews. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, so many Jews have at this right. point, just not the nation, right? And kind mm-hmm. of the big numbers, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so we get to then 10, the middle of 10 here, where where salvation is it seems to now be for all. It goes to the Gentiles. Yeah. Um, there's some, inform- mm-hmm. there's some yeah. conversation about why it does that, like how it happens. What's the purpose for that? Uh, we get this language uh, about, and, and if anything, any, any, any part of it you want to discuss in, in uh, more detail, just, just jump in there. Uh, but I do love the, the phrase, the, the ones that we quote often, um, like uh, 10, nine, is it? Yeah. Uh, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yes. And then for one who believes with a heart and so is justified, and one confesses with a mouth and so is saved, and yep. you know we, we, we get to there at the end, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, you were in the prayer right before the podcast started. That was the end of your prayer. Like, yeah. that is our desire, just like it's God's right. desire, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall yeah, be saved. and I know, listen, I, many people probably listening to this podcast, you're like, man, debate Calvinism, Arminianism, you know, debate, like, we want to debate all those things as far, and you may not even know what those terms mean, and that's okay. Um, but maybe you do as you're listening to this. And, and I, we can debate those things all day long, and like how God chooses, elects, what sure. is the personal salvation that he's talking about, or, you know, individual accountability. All those things. Here's what we absolutely know. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm all like, mm-hmm. I, I, yes, I fall on one side of that argument for sure. But I, I believe in all Calvinist Arminianists, if you're a real Christian, you're going to believe Romans 10 9. That's right. Right. And Romans 10 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord mm-hmm. will be saved. Who are the Christians? Who are the, if you want to use the word elect, who are the elect? Those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, you can know for sure. 
man, I'm, I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm saved. I'm, I'm, a, I'm his child mm-hmm. because he has made us that promise, and mm-hmm. it's absolutely sure. And one of the verses in there, uh, verse 12, I think, is, is one that's sometimes overlooked where he says, there is no difference between Jew and, Jew Gentile. and Gentile. When we talk about Israel being saved, Yep. That he he's very clear same that Lord is Lord through, of all. He exactly same Lord is Lord of all. It is through faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And because the question comes up, what about Israel? What about the Jews? People ask us, it does happen a lot, but every now and then yeah. as a pastor's mind, what about the Jews? What's God going to do with them? And who are the people of God? Who are the children of God? I like how you phrase that. And he says that they are people of faith, yes. that there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile, that it, we have to place our faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, there are teachings. Um that have even infiltrated into the church over the, the centuries and more more recently, but of like there's almost two tracks of salvation mm. for Christians and Jews. Yeah, right. And they you can't use some of these arguments to go well, you know, because the Jews are still God's children. And when we get to chapter eleven, it seems you know there there is something here for the ethnic Jews. Is he saying like to your point, right. Gary, that there's a different track of salvation right. for the Jews that they don't have to come to Christ? I don't think he's saying that at all, not even close. And right. that's exactly what you're saying, uh, Gary. Right. Verse 12 is so key for us. Mm-hmm. Same, he says, same, the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Right. Jesus. And I love that verse. I mean, just yeah. all who call on the name of the Lord be saved. Yeah. It, it very clear, Mary, that if you want Jesus Christ, you want to be saved, you just, you just all you got to do is call on his name. You got to reach out, you pray to him. And you will be saved. Open invitation. That, that doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done, mm-hmm. your past, your ethnicity. I mean, just a beautiful verse there. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And I, I love the the phrasing of it too. Is to if you believe with the heart, you're justified. If you confess with your mouth, you're saved. It's really kind of a um, probably a, an idiom of the time. Mm-hmm. It's not like if you do this equals this, yeah. and then there's another part. If you, yeah. if you then that's confess, when I read then it, that's saved. why I was like, I wonder why like your be heart and your mouth are not connected. Yeah. Or, right. right. He's, he's basically yeah. saying all of it. All of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you you're, if you confess him with your mouth and you believe in your yeah. heart, then you're going to act in a way that is yeah. no not perfect, obviously, yeah. but he, you all of that lines up. That word proves your salvation. Confess, and it's all throughout New Testament. The word confess, it's the Greek. In the Greek, it's uh, it's it literally means to come into agreement with the things that God has said about these mm-hmm. things. Really, mm-hmm. so that's what he's saying, right? So I believe in my heart, and so that confession is it's an agreement with man. What has God said about a salvation? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, mm-hmm. John fourteen six. Yes. Right. There is no other way, and so that's the confession. Mm. Absolutely, always through Christ. Yep. And we end uh, chapter 10, that present maybe uh, situation where uh, he says all day long, that this is the Lord speaking, I think, to Israel, yeah. maybe from Isaiah, I can't remember now. Um, but he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient yes. and contrary people, mm-hmm. his yeah. people. Isaiah yes. 65 too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that then begs the question in chapter 11 then, I ask then, has God rejected his people? We're going to cover two questions real quick here okay. in 11. One, has God rejected his people, mm-hmm. Israel? Mm-hmm. And then uh, 11, 11 is then going to ask, have they stumbled? Um, if we go through 11 and see that there's the stumbling block that they've stumbled over, it's Jesus. Have they stumbled so far that they can't be, yeah, you know, restored right. in some way? Right. So quickly, uh, ha- has God rejected his people? How does... How does Paul answer that? By no means. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says. That's this. That's his answer. Uh, yeah, I think he's go, he's going to. He's made these arguments. It's through faith in Christ, all this stuff, and not all Israel is Israel. So there's a sense in which Christians now are the covenant people of God. If you're a Christian, you've come to Christ. You are the covenant people, the sons and daughters of God, the the spiritual Israel in that sense. But now he's coming back and going. Well, what about the actual ethnic Jews? I mm-hmm. need us to answer this question because mm-hmm. it's a struggle for us. Has God rejected them? By no means. And I think Paul's just making an argument for the rest of this chapter to go, there's still something that God has in store. I I believe that. Mm -hmm. There's something God has in store for the actual ethnic Israelites, the people that he chose from from Abraham. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. So he says, by no means. He hasn't rejected them outright as in like, never again will there be anything that God has planned for this nation, for for these ethnic people. Mm. So, yeah. Not how much to add to that. But that's, <laughs> well, good, that's a good. Yeah. Um, so, so he does mention in uh, five. Then let's see if this mm-hmm. sparks some uh, conversation. He does say at this present time, mm-hmm. there's a remnant chosen by grace. Mm-hmm. But if it's by grace, then it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, yeah. grace would no longer be grace. Right. Um, a couple of things we could talk about. Maybe just what is grace? 
but also then this remnant thing, like this remnant is a word we've heard before if you've read the Old Testament, right? There's, there's always this group of people, yeah. and he uses kind of some examples there. Um, what is it, Elijah? I think it's one of Elijah them. Elijah with the prophets. Right. And, yeah, Elijah's mad at God <laughs> in the scene after the first yeah. Kings uh, 18 and the prophets of Baal, and he's like, God, I'm the only one, you know, and God's mm. like, well, I have a remnant of actually 7,000 right. other people who are still following me mm. and haven't worshipped Baal. So that remnant language is common even in the Old Testament. Um, yeah, and, and his, his, hey, there's a remnant of people of faith. Yeah. That's, and that's the conclusion. Not just had not worshipped Baal, but people of faith, and he, yeah. I feel like he's drawn that statement. There's there's still a remnant of people of faith now right. who are ethnically Jews, mm -hmm. but spiritually followers of Jesus Christ, right. believing in, in Him. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you know, Trey, you talked about grace. You know, the Jews they had a great system of works um, that God had given them, right. and it was hard for them. You know, to 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 think that you, okay you you accept Christ and you don't have to do those things anymore or or you do those things because you are saved and not in order to be saved right right and I think the same is true for us we struggle with that we have people we try to be good we try we try to work even yeah. people who don't believe in God or don't believe in Jesus uh, in some a lot of ways or try to be good people in hopes that maybe my good will outweigh my bad if it is true then I'll be on the I'll be okay yeah and so we struggle with the whole concept of grace grace being this this unmerited gift of favor that God bestows upon people mm -hmm. and yeah. and it's through Jesus Christ mm -hmm. yeah, and grace is sort of the ultimate pride killer yeah you know and pride being that thing in us that again like i said earlier like kind of makes us want to rage against things like this mm -hmm. no it's especially like in a culture we live in and there are certain cultures throughout the world i think america is one of them um that is just so predicated on individualism and self-autonomy right. and i've i've achieved i've earned i've done it my power my strength my wisdom my whatever and um grace is the murderer of that mindset to go, no, 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 you're not ever in any sense of the word for your salvation, the um, the the giver. You're only the recipient, mm -hmm. and God has given freely mm -hmm. grace. And so it does, like in, in its very kind of most um, primary and basic nature, salvation is a, a reception by us of just a free gift, mm -hmm. right? And back to 10, all who call on the name of the Lord will be said, like, this is what he's offered to everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And our pride wants to go, no, I've earned it somehow. And right, I don't like, need it. Yeah. I, or, yeah. 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 Or, or I can just do it. I'll do it, yeah. You know, I can do it. I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's the Christian message to go, you can't, and you need Jesus. Yeah. And so that's why it is. It's humbling, and that can be a struggle for some people. Absolutely. All people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in, in a sense. You yeah. Think about the prodigal son story, the, the, right. the son who stays home and does all the right things. Yep. And when the when the prodigal comes, right. who's wasted right. all of the opportunities, mm -hmm. similar to maybe what Paul's arguing the Jews have the done prodigal here. Prodigal son's a great illustration right. of all like, of this. He's like, yeah. hey, you've had all of you had the covenants, you had the you had the patriarchs, you had everything. Always right. been open to you. Yeah, I've been doing this, yeah. and you have rejected me. And then there's the good son who stayed a good son. Is the older son? Maybe <laughs> the older not the good son. son, but the older son who's done his duty. Yeah, who's who's probably messed up too. Yeah, right. But he's still. When when he sees the prodigal coming, he's like, "Wait a minute, yeah, why would you treat the prodigal this way? It's a scandalous. I think it was a phrase you were using mm -hmm. Sunday. It's a scandalous kind of mercy and grace that's given to one who has squandered that opportunity. Like, no, you had your opportunity, you yeah. squandered it. As if reward me, yeah, the the, the son who stayed yeah. and did right. all the right, right laws and did the things yeah. the right way. I've been striving for my righteousness, and he's like, nope." And and as if that mercy that the father shows to that son negates somehow the goodness that he's already shown to right, his older right. son. How yeah. does that negate that at all? It yeah. doesn't. And that's his right. And yeah. He says that to us. And you, you, everything I have is yours. It's always been yeah, yours. You didn't live in a pigsty. You right. didn't waste those things. Right. Like you've had a good meal every. <laughs> but night. it is, man. That's pride, right? And it comes in and goes. Ah, I don't like the grace thing. I yeah. like the pride thing because that's all about. Me. We want a mixture of both, though. Yeah. I want to oh. be pride. You know, you know, I want to be. Sure, we want forgiveness when yeah, we need it, yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be prideful in the areas I'm good at. Yeah. Like, and think that saves me. Yeah. That, you, that, you, you want me on your team, you know. Yeah. So, and but mm -hmm. then we come to those moments where, man, I need grace. And the truth is, a great thought, Kurt, that it is pride, and that the ultimate humility is that you receive Jesus Christ. I need you. Yeah. I can't do this on my own. I'm not. I'm not going to work my way there. I'm. I'm not going to be good enough, smart enough, anything. 
I need Jesus Christ, and that there's no other way. Mm. Yeah, which is why these chapters can be hard chapters for yes. us. And then so we have yep. uh, Israel expressing that kind of they've stumbled over mm-hmm. this grace of Christ mm. and they can't seem to, to stomach, they can't understand it. Um, and so in doing that, it seems like Paul's making the argument then that that the the word has now gone out, it's made the word go out faster even to the Gentiles. Paul's spread the gospel right. to the Gentiles. Um, and now he turns to the Gentiles. So 13, now I'm speaking to you Gentiles. He needs to bust up their pride too. Right. <laughs> right. Because now you think, well, yeah. if it did, the Israelites are missing it. So yeah. you got it. You probably you are You can be start- proud. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Your turn. You're the chosen. Yes. <laughs> um, and he says, uh, let's see. Francis, or he gets into the olive tree uh, mm-hmm. analogy that the the root of the olive tree, we're thinking that's more than likely Christ is the root of the olive tree, right? It's the Israel. Um, uh, it is uh, Christ, and and then the branches yeah. that are on there that are natural are the originals, right? That's the, right. The, mm-hmm. the Israelites. But he said some of those now have been broken off. Uh, those who, I guess, are rejecting Christ, those are broken off. And he's grafted in new ones. These are, we would yeah. probably say, the Gentiles now, the new mm-hmm. believers yeah. are being grafted in. And, Which, uh, if I can pause for a second to yeah. say, again, if anyone's out there struggling with the whole, are there two tracks of salvation? This is another argument right. against that, because yeah. it's one tree, right? Yeah. right? And Jesus even said, I'm the vine, mm-hmm. you're the branches. Mm-hmm. It's like always Jesus, right? So I think that, mm-hmm. I just want to make that so clear as we go through this. There are not two tracks, and he's not yeah. saying Jews are saved by any other way right. than Jesus. And, and I, I'm... I'm no expert on this part at all. Certainly not about gardening, but uh, I did read uh, where if you take an, uh, uh, a wild shoot and, mm-hmm. and graft it into uh, 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 an olive tree, Divine, yeah. it can spark the whole thing to grow better. Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. it's like it, it kind of infuses new growth, and mm-hmm. then it goes, ah, they look. There's yeah. some new stuff in here yeah. that makes everything. Yeah, and I cool. wonder if maybe even that's kind of the point he gets to about. Um, Hey, don't boast if you're a Gentile, right? Don't right. boast over the branches. If you do boast, remember, mm-hmm. it's not that uh, you support the root, but the root that supports you. Yeah, and you, and you might think, hey, you know, we're 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 here now. We're we're grafted in, and this is twenty. This is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand only through faith. faith. And this is what right. you guys keep talking about. Yep. Uh, so do not become proud. Right. But what? Stand, afraid. stand in awe. Mm-hmm. Mine says afraid. Yeah, yes. this awe, this reverence, yeah. this fear of the Lord. Do and not I, be, do not be arrogant about your salvation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he's building to that doxology that we started with, mm-hmm. right? Like all this is so amazing yeah. that God would do such a thing. You'd have to think like the Gentiles who were always on the, kept on the outside in the Jewish structure, always oh, yeah. kept on yeah, the yeah, outside, yeah. always even at the and, temple, physically. Yeah, you know, and always felt like, hey, we were not good enough. We were not the chosen people. Yeah, and then now they're like. Yeah, <laughs> Look at us. We, we got, got it now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, it's our turn. Yes. Like as we get to chapter six, we'll see. Like it's Phoebe who takes this letter, right? So you can imagine her or whoever reading it to them. Mm-hmm. There might be Gentiles in the in the congregation going, "All oh, right, mm-hmm. yeah, see," and like looking at their Jewish friends, like I told you, you know. And the Jew, and then Paul gets to this and goes, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. yeah, don't forget. Yeah, this is from this by faith." Lord mm-hmm. Jesus and mm-hmm. yeah, standing yeah. off him. And and setting up maybe as we get later on in the sermons, the the weaker and the stronger brother. Right. right. And like Who's wait, who? wait, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like don't be shaking your finger at other people. Right. Uh and anyway, and then one of my favorite verses in scripture is an odd one, but I love it, is uh ten twenty two, eleven twenty two. And he says that, you know, when he's warning the Gentiles, look, you know, he'll if he clipped off Israel. Yeah. Unbelieving Israel, mm-hmm. he'll clip you off too. So be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Says, Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Yeah. I just love that mm-hmm. that contrast: the kindness with the severity yeah. of God. Severity uh, towards those who have. Um, let's see. Mine says fell. Okay. What did yeah, you say? To, to have fought. Yeah, the severity towards those fallen. who have fallen. Yeah. Those branches, and then but but God's kindness towards you provided you provided provided, provided. you continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to, I mean, things he says in chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6. Um, can I just keep sinning so that grace may increase? Right. And may it never be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he, your condemnation is just. Mm-hmm. If you now have this pridefulness about your salvation and go, oh, I just do what I want, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. most over whoever mm-hmm. else. Nope, doesn't work. Yep. And so all this now, this, you know, don't, don't be prideful, Gentiles, all these things. Um, there's no reason yeah. to... Uh, 
to have that kind of attitude towards the Israelites. He's, it, the letter is a letter of unity, yep. even though these chapters can cause so much division when people yeah. read them today. He's setting up the rest of the letter very much. Yeah, so he's like, th- this unity, but and, and so we get to then um, verse 25. So that you may not claim to be wiser than you are, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand this mystery. Yep. Hardening has come upon part of Israel until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. Yep. Verse 26, and so that are, um, what's your version say? So, verse 26, and so all Israel will be saved. And so, and some say by this way or something, all Israel will be saved. Mm -hmm. What's happening there? Um, Does he make some kind of weird shift here to non-ethnic Israel, or is this still the, the ethnic Israel he's talking about when he says, so all Israel will be saved? Any thoughts? There's definitely two views there would right. be that this specific verse, these two verses, is it specifically just ethnic Israel or is it still sort of the spiritual covenantal people, including Christians and Gentiles? Um, what I say, I think in the verses he is talking about ethnic Israel, but still to make the broader point about all Israel being ethnic Israel who will come to faith in Christ. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, I just don't think we can divorce that from everything he's been saying. Um, about those who come to faith in Christ being the covenantal people of God. Mm-hmm. And I do think he is making an argument here about ethnic Israel, there being some, and I'm so hopeful for this and, right. and prayerful for this, that there will be at some point and, and maybe even um, at, around the return of Jesus um, that a great number, if not the entire nation of Israel who still lives in the world, mm-hmm. will will come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so I think it is ethnic Israel and but still in the broader context of now they mm-hmm. being included again, he said, grafted in again, being included again into the covenantal people of God who is now made up of the Jews who already believe, the Gentiles who believe, and the Israelites who will mm. then come back in to be grafted in. So that's okay. how I'd see that as right. to understand. So yeah. you think when he uses all Israel there that he is saying all Israel in the term of Israel-like, I, mean, I know what you're talking about, um, I'll just say all Israel is God's chosen people of faith, whether they are Jew or Gentile, or do you think he is specifically saying is all Israel meaning the Jews there? I don't, I don't have a strong understanding there. Like I can't say one way or the other. Again, I think where I'm going is just to say all Israel in all of these chapters, to me, it just, I think he's pretty clearly talking about the covenantal people, of the Jews who believe, the Gentiles who believe, and the Israelites who will come back in. Is he saying in that specific verse that when this thing happens, that every single Jewish person will be saved because they will all come to faith in Jesus at the same time? I don't know. Yeah. I hope for that. Right. I hope that's what he's saying. Right. I don't know if that's what he's saying. Right. Um, I, you know, I don't hmm. think I'm smart enough to answer that question. What do you think, Trey? Well, he's sure first. I don't, I, I, you <laughs> know, I, tough. I don't know. I, you know, I think we, we want everybody to be saved. Mm-hmm. We certainly want um, the Jewish people to be saved. We, we, we do. We want everybody to be saved. When, when I read it, I, I'm not an expert in this, but I, I look at it as he's talking about that when he uses the word term Israel there, that it, it is the Jews and the Gentiles together being people of faith, and right. he calls them Israel, yeah. the, the people of God. That's everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Well, that, I mean, there's, I think, uh, I forget the first name of the commentator, Robertson, who uh, he puts out like five different right. uh, ways in which it, what all, how all could be determined. Sure. Whether it's all ethnic Israel for all time, right? All ethnic Israel at one specific time, yeah. Um, all Israel being Jews and Gentiles, um, and then there's 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 just nuances of those different approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm not an expert either. Yeah. Um, I probably land closer to it is the ethnic Israel that he's talking about. Okay. Um, but but in a future sense. Yeah. Um, and I I wouldn't. And when he says all there too, I think it's probably idiomatic. Like, uh, hey, we're all going to go to the ball game. By and large. But not everybody in the planet right, went to the ball game. Right. But by and yeah. large, the nation of Israel would go, right. Jesus is Messiah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say all Israelites will be saved. Right. He does say all Israel. Yes. Right. And, uh, you know, t- for consistency's sake, now say I would probably say most of the time through here, he's, he's talking about Israel, he's talking about ethnic Israel. Mm-hmm. So we might have a difference yeah. on just 1911, how it's, yeah. uh, whether it's, 
Jew and Gentile all along, or if yeah. it's really talking to ethnic yeah. Israel. I and I certainly agree. There's uh, that specifically here. There is definitely the ethnic Israel right. conversation. And again, yeah, I, I'm just. I, I think it seems like Paul is giving us some hopefulness for our Jewish brothers and sisters yeah. in whatever way that happens. Right. right. I, I believe it's a future thing that's going right. to come where. Many, if not all, however that looks, um, mm -hmm. Jews will come to the Lord. Yeah, and I think that's something for us to pray right. about yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's I, sort of a cool. Um, always around Easter time to like really specifically have a time of praying for the Jews as they're celebrating Passover, you know, and they're mm -hmm. waiting for this Messiah. But just to, and we're going ah, here. He is. He's here. Right. He's resurrected Jesus. Yeah. Um. And yeah. and then and then even uh even there you can you could there's no times period like right. uh, whether it all happens at one time right. or it, Over time, the, the yeah. way in which the, the Greek is written there, it could indicate a longer period of time in which the Jews come mm -hmm. in and then you have this, um, this influx of, of Jewish believers. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think uh, that verse should be any reason uh, for any kind of extremism as when it comes to, uh, to, to it, our take on Israel should be that we love them and want them to come to Christ, right, right. not, oh, these promises are made for them and we must do, like, now we can say terrorism's okay too as long as it benefits Israel, you know, yeah. like that's where, you know, taking that verse and applying it to current nation of Israel <laughs> sure. is, is a, a little A little tricky. Different, right, yeah. Right. yeah, for sure. I mean, I would, kind of thinking about it recently and like we were saying, man, this is just such timing here is what's going on over there and Middle East and all those things. Um, yeah, there, there obviously is a, a delineation between, I mean, what is talking about here, first century and Israelites and the Jews and versus the kind of the geopolitical nation state of Israel that exists now in 21st mm -hmm. century. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, thinking about, you know, do we, should we protect Israel? Should we support Israel? I think there's so many ways you can answer that question, but one, just as Christians and people who love the Lord, yeah, always, and that would kind of go for all people, <laughs> you yes. know, that we want all people to know the Lord, and we should be promote, promoting peace mm -hmm. in the world and love as best as we can and sharing the gospel and all that. We don't use right. a sword, and we don't use, like as Christians, we believe we're taking over the world with the good news of the, mm -hmm. of the gospel. And at the same time, man, I was thinking about... Would I mess with Israel? Nope. Right. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't, you know? And I, I, so the way I would say it is kind of like, when I think about the geopolitical Israel that exists today, are they the covenantal people of God as it stands right now? No, because they don't have faith in Jesus, and that's what Paul's arguing. That's not my argument. That's right. Paul's argument. Mm -hmm. However, should we kind of protect them or look out for them? Or I would say, yeah, because they hopefully will be. You know what I mean? And like God's going to bring them back in and, and mm -hmm. save them through Christ. So we're always hopeful for that right. and yeah. want that to happen. Yeah, I think I think that's a good perspective. Yeah. Um, man, you know, what we won't touch today, but we we probably at some point will need to talk about eschatology. 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 <laughs> eschatology, which is the study of end times. Right. Because a lot of people's view on the end right. determines how they read that how verse right there, and right. so. when when it happens, and if there's a rapture, a rapture, and you know those kind of things, and if there is a rapture, sure. then where does this happen in that timeline? Yeah. And um, so we we don't have time to get into all that today, uh, but very interesting conversations for sure, mm -hmm. um, and probably three different perspectives right here on I what that looks so. like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, whether it's millennial or post or pre or <laughs> ah millennial. We had a whole Revelation series. Didn't we cover some of that? We did. We, we did. did. Go back and watch doing those. some of that. Yeah, I can't. Anyway. So let's uh, let's do a few quick discussion questions. We don't have time to get all of them probably in, but I think there's... Yeah. Um, we did cover some of it, like uh, question number two, if, if you're following along, I think these will be on the website, uh, eastridge.church slash Romans particularly for this 9 through 11. Mm -hmm. uh, the second, the first question was just how do these chapters serve to produce humility in us, the readers? I think we kind of talked about that yes, a little bit. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, just that it's it's the sovereignty of God. How do we question yeah. some of those things? We've got to trust Him in the things we don't understand. Right. Yeah. Uh, if we trust Him with our salvation, yes. we, we trust Him in those yeah. things. Uh, number two then was, do you struggle with God's sovereign will and His choice? And we Absolutely. We all absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. God's sovereignty and man's yeah. responsibility yeah. and how it's God's gonna win, <laughs> but it's somehow mm -hmm. somehow still right. Uh, so, um, how about this? This is a good one. How about uh, number three? How do these chapters uh, actually help us to be assured of our salvation? Um, heirs of all the promises that we read about in one through eight. How does how do these three chapters assure us of yeah, our salvation? I mean. 
it, it can seem like almost on the surface they don't, you know, because it's these are such kind of different chapters than where Paul's been in, in chapter eight, because chapter eight is that like, man, be assured, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing mm-hmm. and no one, right? And so, but yeah, chapter nine to where he says, has God's word failed? No, right? And so really he's just undergirding the argument of chapter eight. Chapter eight is the precipice that all of this is kind of standing on to go, God has made these promises and he's not a liar, mm, right? you know? And so if he has said you're his covenant people, now he has said that. And how has he said it? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute true statement. Everyone right. who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're calling on the name of the Lord, you are saved. You will be saved. You're in Christ and can be assured. So to me, mm-hmm. I think Paul, again, he's just wanting to actually encourage us. Much like, by the way, Revelation, I think it's an encouraging mm-hmm. letter to, to tell the Christians, man, remain faithful to him, persevere to the end. You don't have to worry about whether mm-hmm. or not you're in Christ. And I think looking at it, it shows that God's always working a plan that mm-hmm. it's not, it's always working. And he's got it mapped out. It, yes. it's, he's got it figured out. We don't have it figured out. He's we read it. I thumbs. could read it. I'm not going to have it all figured out. We're not going to have it figured out. But it brings me comfort yeah. to know that he's got it figured out. He's got a plan. He's been working this plan. Yeah. And when you read, when you just read the Bible in, in, in itself to see God's plan and how they work, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Like you're like, oh my goodness, how did that yeah. happen like that? And, and you see the promises being right. fulfilled now of what were in the past. Yep. And even seeing this play out right here, knowing that he's working a plan for the Jewish people, he's working a plan for the non-Jewish people. Mm. And like Kurt said, it's it's about us placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. Can I can I read a little something based on that? Because just yeah. thinking about the plan of God, right. um, again, man, as we think about all these things in the New Testament, and this is talked about in the Old Testament, you know, and thinking about the Jews specifically, thinking about Israel, right? Um, this is Zechariah. This is a prophet in the Old Testament, chapter 12, verse 10. And there's a lot, the, the context of this chapter is like people, the whole world is against Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a little relevant to today. Right, right. The whole world's against Jerusalem, right? And God kind of humbles them and then says this, I will, God talking, I will pour out on the houses of David, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, he says, a spirit of grace and supplication. Like they will turn to God is what he's saying. They will look on me, listen to this, the one whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves a firstborn son. On that day, the weeping in Jerusalem will be great like the weeping of Hadad Ramon in the plain of Megiddo. The land will mourn and each clan by itself with their wives by themselves and the clan of the house of David and their wives and the clan of the house of Nathan and their wives. He's just naming all these clans and going, they're going to turn mm-hmm. back to me, God is saying. Mm-hmm. And he actually said, the one whom they pierced. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so interesting to right. look, like you're saying, Gary, how sovereign God's plan right. is that he's even prophesying. There will be, well, I think what Paul's saying in Romans 11, this turning back of mm-hmm. the Jews to God right. at yeah. some point. Yeah. And so give us hope. Yeah. You know? And both of those uh, points that you, you made are, are exactly what brings me that same kind of uh, assuredness of my salvation. One, yeah. that all of these 66 books, uh, there's a... Th- a theme that goes through them all right. from the beginning yeah. to the end yes. with all these different authors through you know several thousand years yeah. of, mm. of history yeah. you couldn't you couldn't get all those people together and go <laughs> write this thing right. yeah. to make, make it, it any same, better yes yeah. to make it make perfect they sense they could have done it if they wanted right. to yeah they couldn't have no. this inspiration of the holy spirit is unbelievable yep. in how this is given to us yep. and then 9 to 11 specifically then to go yeah that plan that's all through this thing it's for you Yes, yep. it is for you. Mm-hmm. And if it, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Right. I can feel confident that, yeah. okay. I hope that's the verse that everybody has heard the most <laughs> right. on this yeah. podcast because, yeah, that's so yeah. good. Um, so, lastly, then, uh, just, and this is an interesting one to end on. Did you write these discussion questions? This sounds like you to end yeah. this one right here. <laughs> yeah. Because he ends it with the doxology and that yeah. question, right? So when you're tempted to be God's counselor, <laughs> not that any of us ever oh, yeah. go, God, <laughs> here's what God you what should be do. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why are you not helping me? Yeah. <laughs> in other words, when you see something in Scripture that seems to go against what you think or you believe or you're experiencing, mm-hmm. maybe we could even say that. Yeah, sure. How do you navigate that? Man, I wrote it and I hate that question. Um, yeah, because, it, it, again, I just, to me these chapters and all of the Bible, and I'll say it again, is for our humility mm-hmm. um, to humble us under the hand of God. There are parts of the Bible, and I'll just say this to anybody listening or watching, um, there's parts of the Bible that are hard. Yes. Much of it's not. Much of it's very simple and mm-hmm. very straightforward that a kid can read. But there's parts that are hard. There are things we need to dig into, things that, 
even will seem at times to to butt up against each other, mm. truths that maybe we read in scripture. Um, when that happens, or when there's things I see or read that I go, well, that doesn't seem to jive with my experience or my understanding. Um, I hope and pray always. And when I read the Bible, I want to pray and trust the Lord God. Help me to see this the way you see it and the way you mean it to be seen and humble me and reveal to me what is true. And let Mm. me see your sovereign grace, your sovereign will, your good purposes and all of these things. And I, and I, and I hope it's true of me um, and, and of any of us that whatever the scriptures actually say, Right. If we see that it says that, that we're going to believe that, mm-hmm. you know, not bring our own presuppositions onto right. it and go, I believe that because that's what I want to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to humble myself under it. And I know that's that might be a wiggly answer. I don't know. But just my wiggly. answer is it's just, a little wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is just simply, man, I want to humble myself under the Lord and under his word and believe that if there's a problem with what I'm seeing here, it's because of me, mm. not because of the word. That's good. Right. Yeah. I don't understand it right. And I want to. Mm. And I think that's the place to land. And I think if you can't land there, look back. Yes. You'll look back and you'll see God's faithfulness and how he's moved and acted in moments of your life where you didn't understand, you may not even agreed with, and you'll see how Mm -hmm. he worked and every one of his promises that he fulfilled in your life. Uh, that's what I do. Like, cause there's some things you don't, they just don't sit. And, and I want to trust I do. And I want to, uh, and I want to humble myself and say, you know, God's word is true. And, and, and every man alive that, that I'm not always true, but there's moments where, you know, I'm, I have this angst inside of me and I, and I just tell myself, just think about all the times that you, you've been here before and God showed you his truthfulness, mm, his faithfulness. Yes. And, and that's what I do. Uh, and, and it's always worked. Yeah, an indicator of his future goodness yes, is his yes, past goodness. Yes, exactly, right? yeah. 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 And I think being willing to do this, right? Talk to people, right. have conversations right. that you know are other faithful Christians that can mm-hmm. walk through Scripture with you together, because um, we're not God's counselor, but we can be each other's at times right. and help exactly. one another understand yeah. and read commentaries. Yeah. And people who have come before us, there are a lot of people, y'all, that have come before us <laughs> who are way smarter, okay? <laughs> yeah. I speak for myself, way smarter than me, sure. um, that are very helpful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when I'm tempted to be God's counselor, I need to remember... God's mine, and there's a lot of other people who are my counselors, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Well, I, I have to land on if he is uh, smart, is he, if he's all-knowing, he's, all, he's smart enough to put this book together, <laughs> yeah. and, and what little we and what we do understand right. of it, and see the goodness of God in it, and yeah. know that we've called on the name of, uh, of Christ, and we have been saved, then yeah, there's a lot I don't understand, mm-hmm. but man, if I... It's a good point. He, you know, he's smarter than me. Right. Yep. And that's the humility part. Yeah. I have to constantly remember, man, God, there's people who've gone before, um, but mostly there's Christ who has gone before. There's Christ who's on the throne now. Uh, God is true to his word. Yeah. And I will I will rest there knowing that I've been saved and uh, knowing that uh, he's saving me now yep. and knowing at the time, at the end of days, I shall be saved. Yeah. We're going to so. be in that place in heaven with a lot of people that we probably disagreed with on things. <laughs> that's right. And that's okay. That's, that'll be yeah, good. That's right. be good. Yeah. There's different zip codes in heaven, yeah. though, right? Like, you know, there's going to be the Baptists over there. Yeah, the yeah, Presbyterians you guys got your section. We got our section, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, man, thank you guys for, Thanks, uh, for being Great on the job. podcast today. Some good stuff. Uh, nine through 11, if you can believe that. That was about a, a little over an hour, probably, and we went through all of it and answered every question you probably <laughs> possibly have. If yeah. you do have any other questions, please do. Uh, Eastridge.church slash Romans. Just check out uh, definitely the first uh, eight or nine, ten uh, episodes to kind of get you caught up. Mm-hmm. And always you can just email us at info at eastridge.church. We'll be glad to help answer any questions you may have. Um, there are plenty of small groups going on that would also, where you can find that accountability yep. and find that counsel yep. with other people. Exactly. Jump into that. If yep. you haven't gotten involved in a serving team yet, that's a great place to yep. make some new relationships. Serve the Lord, serve those around you. And, uh, and as always, uh, let us be praying for those who are in Israel and all of that. Everything that's going on there right now. Um, and in it all, to God be the glory. That's right. All right. See you guys. Thank you guys. Week.